just jump right into it, I guess. Just as a uh, quick disclaimer, we're a bit biased in regards to Lucid. Big fans of the company and product. Can you quickly tell us who Lucid is and who you are? <laughs> Great, yeah. A happy to hear that you're biased. Sometimes <laughs> that, that that's a good thing, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, so I am Zach Edson, and uh, I am Senior Director of Retail Operations for Lucid Motors, and uh, and that means that I run retail development. Uh, finding finding retail spaces and constructing them. Uh, I also lead the sales team and the service team for the company. Uh, Lucid is a uh, an electric vehicle technology company based in Newark, California, with uh, with a manufacturing facility in Casa Grande, Arizona. And our first product, the Lucid Air, is a luxury sedan that will begin production in second half of 2021. Thanks for that. Uh, we feel we're headed in a predominantly EV-focused landscape, I think. How, how does Lucid plan to, to separate themselves from the rest? Yeah, so, so I agree with you completely that, uh, that EVs are the future and we'll get there as quickly as we possibly can. Um, uh, Lucid approaches the EV space uh, first and foremost with a technology angle. Uh, we started as a as an EV technology company, as a battery company, and uh, and EV powertrain, and we believe that that's really the key to success uh, in 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 producing, developing, selling EVs that are that are competitive and compelling. Uh, and and it's it's for a few reasons. One is that you can get maximum efficiency if you're developing that technology directly as a company, rather than just trying to integrate other people's technologies. It also allows us to package the vehicle in, in the maximum uh, manner so that you can use the space in the car to, to maximum effect. So it's, it's really compounding factors um, that do that. So, so approaching it with technology and then, and then also building out uh, a brand that um, it's truly focused on um, you know, serving our customers and and delivering the best products in uh, in the best way possible. Throughout the last century or so, there's been maybe a handful of automakers that everyone knows their names. Everyone knows a Honda. Everyone knows a Toyota. Lucid seems to be wanting to enter the mass-produced market as well. Eventually, is there any plans to to market their way into the everyday household? Yeah, certainly our uh, our our mission as a company, as we we say, to inspire the adoption of electric vehicles, and and of course we're we're starting at the luxury side of the business, at the the high end uh, portion, but our aspiration really is to to get as many EVs in market as possible, and and we can do that in a few ways, and and one of them is to work toward lower price point, higher volume as Lucid directly, and we'll we'll certainly do that. Uh, you might have heard our, our CEO Peter Rollinson talk about future platforms that would that would allow us to increase volume and um, and reduce that price point. But but then there's other ways we can do it as well. Um, one of those is working with other companies and taking that technology that I've talked about and enabling their electric vehicle programs by utilizing our EV technology. And and we've actually developed our our systems, our battery, our drive units, we've manufactured or we've designed them in a way that they're highly manufacturable and can be scaled. So it's not just, you know, 500 mile plus uh, vehicles with, with 600 to 1000 horsepower. 
we can actually scale the um, the design so that it, it can fit into smaller vehicles with lower power needs and and smaller battery needs as well. And, and then there is a third way, and, and that could be that, that over time we could develop uh, additional brands uh, under the Lucid umbrella, like you see with other car companies where they have different brands for different, uh, different types of vehicles. Um, and, and really we're, we're exploring all of those and, um, and uh, you know, hope, hope to have um, you know, relationships with other companies that we can help them uh, get those higher volume products in market soon. Uh, speaking of adoption, um, some EV startups are making their first cars more affordable mass market cars. Um, while you guys are going with a luxury vehicle first and then working your way down, can you talk about some of the benefits of going forward with a luxury cars first and then moving your way down versus the other way around? Yeah, yeah, and and you know it's a different equation potentially for uh, for a startup than it is for uh, you know a major international conglomerate that has has deeper pockets potentially to invest. But I'd say the the most important reason that we started the the luxury side of the the scale is because it it enables us to build a product that's truly captivating, and and that has a number of benefits. It uh, it helps us as a new company in raising our profile, because if you produce something that's truly desirable, people start talking about it and covering it and getting excited about what you're doing. It's not, it's not just an appliance, it's not, it's not a necessity, it's actually something that you want um, and that you'll, you'll go out of your way to, uh, to be around it, to purchase it, to talk about it. So that's, that's important for us as a company, but it's also important for the electric vehicle movement because the more that people are talking about EVs as being something desirable, again, rather than feeling like something that's being forced upon you or that you, you kind of have to have, uh, the more that people are, are talking about it as being the best or better than the alternative, the more impact that we can have as a company uh, and, and the more impact on the industry as well. So, so that's, that's um, kind of the primary reason, but then for us as a startup, when you look at, at developing higher volume products, uh, the costs are go up significantly. Uh, on the development side of things, as well as uh, tooling, when you start building, building the tools to produce higher volume cars, you need to make more of them. They need to be uh, of, a, of a higher strength uh, standard. Your factory needs to get bigger. Your sales and, and service network needs to get bigger to support the higher volume. So just just purely from a cost perspective, um, it, it sort of seems uh, contrary to what you might think. But the luxury car has a has a lower uh, cost requirement to enter the market. Now, why do you think that Lucid and all of these new automakers are opting for electric vehicles versus ICEs, which would probably come out to costing less today? Sure, sure. They're just better. I mean, they're they're better for a number of reasons, and 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 thankfully now a lot of people have experienced them firsthand. Uh, you know, and and can can say what they've experienced, um, not just from a test drive, but from ownership. So the, they use energy more efficiently. Um, they don't burn fossil fuels. The driving experience is simply better. It's just a smoother power delivery. The one pedal driving, once you get used to it, is actually a better overall driving experience. You're not having to, to hunt back and forth between the accelerator and the brake pedal so much. 
Uh, there's less complexity in the powertrain system, which means less maintenance for the car, less likelihood of needing repair. So you're not having to visit the service center as frequently. Uh, and you can charge it home every day. So if, if you have um, the ability to, to charge where you work or where you live, uh, you're not having to make special stops to gas stations to fill up. And, and then, as I said before, you can actually package uh, an electric vehicle powertrain if, if you approach it with this, this mindset and, and build an EV from the ground up, you can just use space more efficiently. So the Lucid Air, for example, is, is uh, about the size of a mid-size luxury car, but the interior is, is comparable to long wheelbase uh, luxury, luxury cars, which is something you just simply couldn't do if there was a big engine in the front of the car. We know it's still early on, but have you gotten a gauge of what the average Lucid customer is at this current point, the average person expressing interest? Are they mostly uh, previous and current EV owners, or are you also attracting a large amount of current gasoline uh, owners? Yeah, I'd say there's a good mix. Um, with, uh, with the prior EV buyer, of course, the conversation becomes a bit easier. You You don't have to uh, you don't have to talk about the benefits of, of EV ownership. You don't have to overcome that, that the fears of, of charging and range and, you know, just that, that uncertainty that, um, that people uh, have if they haven't experienced EVs before. So definitely we're seeing a lot of prior EV buyers, but, but of course, we're not successful if we don't uh, convert more people from internal combustion engines. And I, I don't just mean business success. Again, I mean, our mission of, of inspiring adoption of, of uh, sustainable transportation. We have to convert people out of their internal combustion engine vehicles. And, I, I, and based on what we know today of our customers, I think we're, we're effectively doing that. There's a lot of traditional luxury car buyers that, um, that we uh, have been able to um, yeah, talk to and, and show them what uh, Lucid Air is all about, and, and they seem to be very excited by it. Uh, there's a lot of EV misconceptions or just misinformation out there that we've seen throughout the years. We've seen a lot of companies tackle it different ways. Is, is there a specific way Lucid plans to tackle EV information? Yeah, and you know, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what misinformation you're you're referring to. I, I do think that there are fears, as I say. I think um, range is something that comes up regularly. I think the the um, the the concerns about having a charging uh, you know having a charging point available when you need it. Um, and, and the time of recharge. Uh, I think from, from our perspective, what we're trying to do is, is engineer a vehicle where a lot of that becomes um, not concerning. You know, when you, when you talk about a car that can go over 500 miles of range on a, on a single charge, that can charge up to 300 miles in about 20 minutes, um, you know, where we have, uh, an infrastructure we're working with Electrify America, for example, um, that uh, if you purchase the vehicle, uh, that, that you'll have three years of free charging on the Electrify America uh, network. Uh, just enabling all of that, you start to, to knock down some of the fears that people have. Um, uh, is there other inf misinformation that you were thinking of? Not specifically, not specifically, yeah. but 
in in regards to 500 miles of range and having the specs necessary do you think those high tiered specs of 500 miles range again will will go down to mass produced vehicles um i think that's yet to be seen i mean i think there's uh uh, certainly, as as the technology continues to mature, as economies of scale allow you to to produce um, you know produce more cars with with lower costs for the for the production of those vehicles, we can start to see um, cars with lower price points having the longer range. But but there's really kind of a trifecta of of EV adoption, I think, when we look at mass market, and I think range is one important component. I think that charging infrastructure I was talking about is is important, and then charge speed. And really, if you can put those three into equilibrium, you can start to play with, you know, no, I don't need 500 miles of range because I know that charging is abundant, and I know that we can charge rapidly. So for a lower cost vehicle, you could say, well, 300 miles is sufficient because we know we're not afraid of finding a place to charge, and we're not concerned about the amount of time that it will sit stationary to charge if it needs a quick charge. So I, I think as the as the marketplace evolves, uh, something like 500 miles of range won't won't be quite as necessary as as uh, people think it is today. Uh, we are seeing a lot of basically every EV startup coming up is going with a direct sales method rather than a dealership method. Uh, in your personal opinion, do you see the overall auto market switching towards a direct sales method or do you think dealerships will continue to be the play for legacy automakers yeah so it's it's difficult for me to comment on on what a legacy automaker uh, might do or what might be best for their business i think they'll they'll have to determine that i i think for the new players though there's um you know there's a clear advantage to going direct um, when you're talking about an ev an ev only company um, because we're, you know, we are having to change change people's mindsets. There's there's a there's an important education component to what we're doing. As we're talking to to potential customers, we're we're not only trying to you know get them to buy a car, we're we're educating them. So it 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 becomes a longer lead conversation, so that they can get to know Lucid better, so that they can um, get you know understand the benefits of an electric vehicle. So it's very different than than a typical experience where you you might walk in the door and and you can just you know you, you just know that their their goal is to get you to buy a car right on the spot you know you, you don't leave until you buy a car and and that's that's really different from the approach that we need to take in order to to provide uh, the information necessary to to make someone comfortable to buy a lucid and buy a battery electric vehicle we we also we don't have uh, a profit model that relies on service to be half of our uh, half of our revenue, uh, and that's very different from from the current approach. We're we're trying to develop a vehicle and and develop a process that minimizes the amount of um, of service that that's required and minimizes the maintenance. So that it's it's kind of counter to the way that the current model works, and and so it's important that we have advocates working for the company that truly believe in what we're doing. And that they have that direct connection with with Lucid. There's a lot of uh, new automakers coming out alongside you guys, but a lot of them seem to just be noise behind the media attention that they're getting. How much further ahead is Lucid? 
Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I think that will become uh, apparent and, and we can we can talk about it um, more kind of more actively once once we begin production. We, we're a company that that firmly believes in in showing you what what we do rather than just talking about it. Of course, we have to you know we have to give people an idea of what we're doing, but uh, we, we like to deliver and and then talk about things as much as we can. So so it'll be it'll become clear later this year um, sort of how far ahead we are as a company. I think that um, if if I were to speculate, I'd say from a from a technology standpoint, particularly the EV technology, we're at least a generation ahead of, of the, um, the current leader in EV technology, which then places us um, you know, many years ahead of, of the rest of the players because so many of the new companies aren't developing their own technology. They're, um, they're outsourcing it or they're outsourcing their manufacturing, which will, will also have uh, you know, impacts on on their ability to deliver a quality product. Um, so, so I do think I do think Lucid is is uh, uh, significantly ahead. We haven't shared all of the details of of why we think why we believe that, but it's uh, uh, it's it is something that we we believe strongly in. The Lucid Air is marketed very range forward. It, it leads the pack. Do you guys think range is more important than other things like charging or more charging locations? Um, yeah, it's an interesting question. It's I, I don't think that that I can say that it's necessarily more important on a, on kind of a grand scale. And when we start talking about that more mass market adoption, I do think that as as a leading um, indicator. It's it's important because uh, again people have these these concerns or fears over uh, over how far they can drive and whether it can can suit their lifestyle. So instead of having to to explain you know the range and and charging infrastructure as as uh, as kind of a, a ratio or something that works together, if if you can just blow people's minds away with the range alone. You can get them over that threshold of of their concerns, and then they can can learn through their ownership that um, that the infrastructure is more readily available than they think it is. That you know their their typical uh, use case of an internal combustion engine, where again you're just you're you're emptying the tank uh, throughout the week, and then you have to stop somewhere and fill up. That it's it's different when you're waking up every morning with a with a full uh, full energy in the vehicle. So, so I think range is is really important in um, from a, a per perceptions standpoint, and over time, as a reality, it won't be quite as important. As someone who spent a lot of time, presumably around the Lucid Air at this point, do you have a favorite feature or aspect about the car that that, that you really like? Oh my gosh, there's like a new one every time I I get in. Um, <laughs> So I'm I'm a I'm I'm sort of tall. I'm about six foot six inches tall, uh, which means that that uh, the ability to drive the car and then jump in the back seat and also be comfortable in the back seat has been exciting for me since since the moment that we created a, a mock-up of the car. So before it was a driving car, when it when it was just you know sitting stationary, I was just blown away by. How much how much room there is inside um it's it's you know it's not something that you can easily comprehend until you spend some time with the car to say like it looks kind of small but then you get inside and it looks looks so big once you're in there 
Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a, a kind of a speed junkie too. So when you talk about the acceleration of this car, not just zero to 60, but, but beyond as well, just, just the, um, the always available power is, is a feature that I just love in kind of day-to-day -day use. No, I'm not going to, you know, race the car or anything, but just being able to, to point and shoot and be able to, to get into the spot that you need on the freeway. And again, that one pedal experience is, is really um, something that, uh, that, that, you know, I hope everyone can experience someday. And, and then, um, you know, the, the news, the, what we've announced recently, the Surreal Sound, the Dolby Atmos uh, powered Surreal Sound just creates a, a, you know, a sound experience in the car that, that you haven't, haven't ever experienced before. And I, I love playing music loud and, and, you know, love, love uh, that experience in the car. So I don't know, there's, there's, there seems to be a, a new one each time, each time I get close to the car. To close this off, a question we ask everyone is, have you owned an EV and what car do you currently drive? Ah, yes, I have owned an EV. I currently drive a Tesla Model 3. Uh, I also own a Tesla Roadster, uh, being a, uh, um, uh, you know, a veteran of that company. Um, and I've driven many other other electric vehicles, um, you know, through through working at EV companies, of course, we um, we like to, to try out whatever everyone else is doing. So, um, you know, when I say it's it's better, I, I say that from from experience, and I say that from from an ownership background uh, as well. That it's um, yeah, it's it's you know, I guess another benefit that I, I haven't talked about as much is is because that of the large battery. You don't have to keep your engine running if you want your if you want to sit and wait for your your kid uh, who's who's late getting out of out of their sports practice or you know if you're at an event and and you're waiting for something you don't just have to sit there idling a, a gasoline car and and putting fumes out and um, you know the battery can just power those those things so uh, it, it you know it also allows you to to access the vehicle remotely because it again with the battery it can it can wake up and be alert and you can precondition it and there's just so many ownership benefits that um that you you just don't truly understand and until you've lived with one for a while well zach zach i think that's all the questions we have so uh thank you for your time and insight and uh we look forward to the release of the, of the lucid era with the second half of this year yeah, yeah. Thank you, Dennis and Giovanni. Yep. Uh, second half of 2021 is, is when Lucid Airs will be hitting the roads in uh, customers' driveways.